Parashat Vayigash. Today's class will be given for Refuash Temash Shmuel Ben Garaz. The beginning of the Parashat talks about Yehuda approaching Yosef. Of course, we know the end of the Parashat last week spoke about Binyamin that was taken by Yosef because he was accused of stealing the naplet of the king and at this point he was not letting him go back to his father and now Yehuda steps up to speak to Yosef, of course he doesn't know it's Yosef he goes and speaks to this powerful person to let his brother go back to his father that's what the parasha is talking about in the beginning so the pasuk says Vayigash elav Yehuda Yehuda approached him for another and he says, Be Adoni, please, my master. Yedaberna Avdecha Davar Beozne Adoni. Please let your servant say something in your ears. Veal Yihar Apecha Beavdecha. And please, your anger should not. Burn, should not, you should not be angry with your servant. Ki ke Because you're like Paro. Over here, as she says, says that she mikan from here atalamed the most unbelievable Rashi. She got to pay attention to it. Says Rashi Mikan, from here, Atalamed, you're able to learn Shediber Elav Kashot. Then he spoke to him very strong. He spoke to him harsh. Now, I don't know if you've been in a conversation where someone spoke harshly strong words to another person this happens in a business where people speak harshly strong to their partners or their employees or sometimes their employer sometimes you have to speak strong to your friends sometimes you have to speak strong to your children kashot is one of the times in life when you must speak words that cannot be done in a soft way. Sometimes you gotta speak kashot. But the amazing, that's not a hidush, we know that in life sometimes, the situation demands of us. You can't just say, no, I'm a soft guy. You know, I don't do those things. I don't talk like that. That's not, that doesn't, that, that's not how it works. 
there are some times in life where it is demanded of you to speak strong. Maybe your son is doing the wrong things. Maybe your daughter needs direction. Maybe your employees are not doing their job. Maybe your students are not showing up. Maybe your friends are misbehaving. Maybe somebody did something wrong to you. Maybe it's your wife. It could be. There are moments in life that demand of us to speak kashet, to speak harshly. You can't just take the soft road in every situation. That's not life. Life is not always one way. You know, there are people who are always kind. Sometimes you can't be kind. You're kind to a drug addict, it's not so kind. Some people, they want to say, no, no. You know, compassion is the key. No, you can't always be compassionate. There are certain people or certain situations, compassion doesn't work. Life isn't one size fits all. There are different situations in life. And each situation must be handled with wisdom. When you need to speak harshly and you don't speak harshly, you're doing something wrong. It's not, oh, okay, so I don't speak harshly. So I didn't step up. No, no, you're doing, you're making a mistake when you don't speak harshly in a situation that you should. This situation, obviously, without felt, he needed to say after they lost their brother and they were caught red-handed and there was nothing to do. At least that's the way the picture looked from the eyes of the Egyptians. They were caught with the goblet that they stole. And there's nothing to do. At this point, Yehuda feels this is a moment where he's got to be strong. That's not what I'm coming to tell you today. The Hidush of what today is, is that if you looked at the words of Yehuda throughout the beginning of this parasha, you will not notice one thing that would say to you, wow, spoke very strong to him. Can't believe it. What's he saying? He used that word? Whoa, can't believe it. Look at the tone he's using. Wow. The entire parashat, it's all full of, please, my master. I'm your servant. Please allow me to speak. Adoni Sha'al, my master est. And we said to our master, if you read the whole story here, of all the words, if I tell you, read this essay that says what Yehuda did, would you say this was a harsh conversation or would you say this was a very respectful, soft conversation? You'd say, oh, this was from the soft kind. The harsh ones, we have to look somewhere else. This is not an example of a harsh conversation. Like I told you, sometimes in life, you have to have a harsh conversation. So give me an example. Could you give me a, a text of that one? You'd say, well, it's not this one. This was from the soft kind. Very nice. Very respectful. Always humbling oneself in front of the other guy. Comes Rashi, Alaba Shalom, and opens our eyes to something unbelievable. Says Rashi, this is actually... What's happening here 
is actually a harsh conversation. And we're looking at it and we're saying, what are you talking about? How could this be a harsh conversation? And says that she, you know where I got it from? From the words of Yosef when he told Yosef uh, of Yehuda, he says to Yosef, please don't get angry with me. Says Rashi, from those words, Mikan atalamid. Look how beautiful. Mikan atalamid. Only from here could you tell that he spoke to him harshly. But from everywhere else, every other word that he said, you cannot tell he spoke to him harshly. Let me tell you what I mean. Speaking harshly doesn't mean speaking without respect. Those two things often come together. Often when I speak harshly to you, I speak like a superior. I speak and I put you down. I speak with a loud voice. That is the normal text and video of a harsh conversation You've seen it many times in your life and you've probably been part of it many times. A harsh conversation has a certain tone that's harsh, has a certain words that are, like I said, where makes you more powerful. You talk with a certain amount of, I don't, know what the right, I don't want to say disrespect, but you're not showing that person the, 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 that he is above you. And comes the Torah here and teaches us such an unbelievable, powerful lesson in life. Yes, there are times that you need to have a harsh conversation where you have to tell somebody, you know something? You can't do that. That's not appropriate. I can't accept that in our business. We can't accept that in our home. There are such conversations. There are moments for those conversations. It shouldn't be that often, but there are moments in life for harsh conversations. And do not ignore those moments. Because if they're supposed to come, you're supposed to use them. But the way you do it is not harsh at all. If you have a harsh conversation with a harsh attitude... And you say, well, you just told me. I'm supposed to have a harsh conversation. Yeah, I told you to have the conversation. I didn't tell you to be harsh. It's not your tone that needs to be harsh. It's not your attitude that needs to be harsh. It's not the way you put yourself above the others. To That's not what we're telling you. We're telling you the words that you tell the person. That you don't like something or you don't appreciate something. Or you disagree with something. Or they did something wrong. That needs to be said. That's called hush. The, the actual discussion is called kashe. But not anything else. The actual vehicle that's giving it over. The vehicle is supposed to be calm. The vehicle is supposed to be respectful. And the vehicle is supposed to actually put the other guy above you. <clears throat> my master. My love. I love you. I respect you. You say, not, not fake, you know, not the fake. You know, tell the guy, don't get offended. Don't get offended, please. You know, you know, I really love you. 
It's all fake. Don't, don't, don't do that. that. Everyone could see right through the nonsense. You tell people words. You don't have to say it in those words. Use your own words. But you say it in a way where a person feels that you really respect them. And you say it in a calm voice. And you humble yourself. And then you have an effective way of giving over devarim that are kashot. Harsh words should not come from a harsh tone. This is what you learn. Such a beautiful Rashi. Says Rashi, Mikan, only from here I could tell he spoke harsh words. Which words? When he told them, please don't be upset with me. Which I'm going to explain in a few minutes what that means. But if not for those words, you would never be able to say it. That is a successful conversation. If you have a harsh conversation and nobody could tell from the words that it was harsh, then you did a great job. If, if somebody would look at the printout of your word and they see nothing harsh in the words, you did a great job. That's a harsh conversation. You should be proud of it. If people are saying, oh, do you see it's harsh? And they say, yeah, Mikan from here. Oh, also Mikan from here. Oh, Mikan here also. If they give you 10 proofs from your conversation that it was harsh, you failed in your conversation. There should not be indications in your words that they're harsh. That's, a, that's an unbelievable Rashi. Mikan atalamid. From here you could learn. Only from here. Only from these words. By the way, that itself is a beautiful beginning to the parasha. You have a problem with somebody. We always have problems with people. It's part of life. It's not going to change. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes it's somebody else's fault. And sometimes it's nobody's fault. The, re the reality made it difficult. So what do you do in that case? What do you do when there is friction? What do you do when you're having an issue with somebody? Or someone's having an issue with you? Well, the easy thing to do is to kind of hide out in your corner. I don't like conflict. I don't like to bring up uncomfortable subjects. I don't like to have people look me in the face that I know are not so happy with me or I'm not so happy with them. The easiest thing to do in conflict is to step aside and to hide. The Pasuk says, Vayigash elav Yehuda." Yehuda came closer to him. By Yigash Elav. Instead of going backwards, which we like to do, we like to just avoid the confrontation. So we walk backwards. Yehuda by Yigash Elav. By Yigash Elav means he went to approach him. You have an issue with somebody? Call him up. Talk to him about it. Meet for five minutes about it. Let it come into the open. Keeping things inside of you is not going to make things better. It could only make things worse, and it's the wrong thing to do. Torah says, Lo tisna et achicha Do not hate your friend in your heart. Look at those. What, what words? Don't hate your friend in your heart. Sounds like if you hate him openly, that's okay. But don't hate him in your heart. That's terrible. Could you imagine? Don't hate a person in your heart. If you, we would have said, if you have hatred, keep it in your heart. 
As long as you don't expose it, you're good. Comes the wisdom of the Torah says, no, do not do that. You can't hate people in your heart. You have a problem with somebody? You don't like what they did? <laughs> Sit with him. Talk to him. Tell him why things are bothering you. If they're not bothering you anymore, don't talk to him. But if you're still troubled by what the person did, do not leave it in your heart. You talk to him about it. Open up your heart to the person. Because when you open up your heart, very often you'll realize that it wasn't what you thought. Or the person will apologize and say, you know what, you're right, I was wrong. Usually when you open up to somebody, your feelings, things get worked out. Now, of course, if you open up and you're yelling and screaming, that's not called opening up. But if you do it the right way and you share, you will succeed. That's why it says, Vayigash elav Yehuda. Yehuda has a problem with this man. Like we have problems with people all the time. Vayigash elav Yehuda. He went closer to him. He says, do me a favor. Can we talk? Can we have a discussion about this? Instead of going away in silence and being upset and hurt, he did the opposite. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says over here, that Yosef told them, excuse me, Yehuda told them, don't be upset with me. Because you're like Pharaoh. I've mentioned this in the past, and I believe really we need to mention it at least once a year, maybe more. Because this describes a situation that we are all in a lot of the time, especially with people that are very close to us. Usually we get angry at our friends. We usually get angry at our neighbors. We usually get upset with our family. People who are strangers to us don't really upset us that much. You have to know that in life, there are situations that could take your family or your relationships down if not handled properly. And it doesn't mean you were the cause. Things happen in life. If you don't know how to react properly, you're going to be in trouble. One of the key elements of success in relationships and if you are not this person in a relationship, then you must not care too much about the person. Part of great relationships is being able to tell someone when they're doing something wrong. Something wrong to you, something wrong to their wife, something wrong to their friends, something wrong for their future. Part of a relationship is helping people when you see them doing something that's hurtful to them. If you're the type of friend who says to me, me, I'm a friend, I never get involved in people's lives. I never say anything to my friends. I never talk to my children about anything. So I'm telling you, it's clear that you are not a good friend. You're not a good friend. Because part of friendship is making sure that you protect your friend from the evil that he might be entering and may not realize. If you don't have the courage to talk to your family and to your friends 
about something that's damaging in their life, what kind of friend are you? How could you say, I'm a good friend, I never, I never push buttons, I never, I don't like that. It doesn't matter if you like it. It's not, it's not one of the things of a, of a friendship that you only things do, do, do things that you like. There are sometimes in a friendship, something that might make you uncomfortable. And that is the test of your friendship. The test of your friendship is not when things are very smooth and easy and everybody's laughing and having a drink together. The test of friendship is when you see something that's not right. Are you able to go and talk to the guy? If you say, no, I don't do that, means you don't care about the guy. It doesn't mean you're a good friend. It means you do not care. It means you do not love that person. It's very simple. In fact, in fact, by the way, Torah says, Everyone knows those words. Translated, love your friend like yourself. What an interesting word that is used in this pasuk. Re'acha. Re'acha means your friend. Friend. Friend is haverchan. Haver. My friend. The word haver in Hebrew means hibur. Hibur means to connect. That's why a friend is called a haver. People who are connected. Shouldn't the Pasuk say, What is Re'acha? What is that? The word Re'acha, we translate, means your friend also. But the, what's the root of the word Re'acha? Ra. Re'acha. The Chaf is an extra letter. The, the source of the word re'acha is ra. Ra, you know what ra means? Ra means bad. Why would we call a friend from the word bad? Does that make sense? And in the most important commandment regarding men and men is ve'ahavta re'acha. The Torah chooses re'acha, not havercha. Why? And the reason is because the most important part, perhaps, of a friendship is that you look out for the bed of your friend. Re'acha. Re'acha means the one that you're looking out to protect him from bad things. Protect him from bad people. And protect him from bad decisions and bad habits. Re'acha. Someone that you see how to protect him from ra? That's part of your obligation. If you're just a haver, if you're just a guy who connects with people, if that's what you are, then you're not re'acha. You're a friend, but you're not a real friend. A real friend is the one who protects his beloved ones from ra, from bed. That's why it's called re'acha. The one that you look out for anything bad that might be happening to him. That is a true friend. A true friend is not the guy who's only happy with you. A true friend is also a guy who knows how to get down and tell you things that you may not like. So it says over here, 
So therefore in life, like it or not, reality, if you love somebody, you're going to be in this situation. And you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to tell them something. And the question is, as you all know, when you sit down to tell somebody something that you don't like about them, it's a, uh, we'll call it a dangerous position to be in. You sit down with your son to tell him something you don't like about him. Very dangerous. Sit down with your daughter or your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law. It's a very dangerous conversation. Tell your friend you don't like the way he spoke yesterday with his wife. You noticed that he said such words. It's not the right way to talk to your wife. It's a very dangerous conversation. Anytime you point out the ra in your re'acha, you're entering a danger zone. You're about to enter a zone that A, you could lose your relationship very quickly and you may be causing more damage than helping the guy. He came to help him, he came out worse. So this is one of those things in life that it's a very hard situation. It'd be, it'd be much more comfortable not to have the conversation. That's safety. You get into the conversation, very dangerous. Problem is, you can't take the safe way out either. Because if you don't say something, that means you're not a friend. And you're not helping your friend. So, you're stuck. It's one of those times in life where you're going to have to take out the knife, the surgical knife. Imagine you tell a surgeon, listen, cutting this guy right by the heart is very dangerous. I think take the safe way out. Just don't cut. Just don't cut. If you cut, there might be a danger because you might slit him in the wrong place. So let's take the easy way out and let's not cut him. Safe. Can't do that. The surgery's got to get done. You have no choice. Take out your knife, but you got to be careful. Leaving your knife in your bag is not going to help. So therefore in life, when you are in that position of a surgeon, you don't have the option of putting away your knife. At the same time, you don't have the, you got to be so careful because one wrong turn with your knife and you kill the guy or you kill the relationship or you kill what you're trying to help with. So this is so critical. And like I told you, if you're a real father, you're a real mother, you're a real friend, you're going to be in this position. If you're a real rabbi, you're going to be in this position as a rabbi too. Very nice. Tell people always, you know you're the best. No one like you. You're the best. You're the best. You're great. You're awesome. I love what you did yesterday. I love what you said. And we should do that. But what about the times when you see something and you see it's wrong? What do you, what do, you do? Just sit back and put your knife down? Let the guy self-destruct? That, that's, that's a caring rabbi? People think that caring rabbis never tell you anything wrong with you. My experience has been the opposite. That when people see that you care enough to tell them something, that they actually realize that you actually do care about them. And the rabbi just tells them all the time how nice they are and great they are and never is willing to tell them anything. At some point, you get exposed. You, you just don't care about me. Of course, you got to say it right. You got to be like Yehuda. 
you got to say the right presentation. But you can't go with life in any area of care and love and responsibility and ignore the surgical knife of giving people rebuke or telling them something that they could benefit from. So you're going to be in this situation. I hope you are. I hope you care enough, pe enough about people in your life that you're going to have to face this situation. So here, the Torah gives us the most amazing, eternal, I don't know, it's so exciting, this pasuk. Really, it's, it's a pasuk you put in your pocket and you never let it go. Don't ever let go of this pasuk. Because it's so, again, besides that it's beautiful, it's so relevant. And it's probably on a day-to-day -day that you need this pasuk. There's very few times I can tell you, this pasuk is day-to-day. -day. It's not going to be a day. It's not only on Shabbat. It's not on Sundays. It's on Mondays. It's on vacation too. It's everywhere you go. Wherever you are, this is going to be a very critical part of your life. So now, Yosef, Yehuda is in this position. Took me a little while to get you to this point, right? He's in this position. He needs to tell someone about something that he feels is being done incorrectly. He needs to speak up. So he takes out a surgical knife and he starts. He says to him, please do not be upset with me. Don't get angry with me. Why not? Here's the, here's the main line. Here's the main words for today. Don't be angry with me. You know why? Let me tell you why you shouldn't be angry with me. Key because Kamocha kefaro. You're like just you're just like Paro. These three words, he, because you're like just Paro, is the way and the reason why you shouldn't get angry with me. That means if I'm gonna tell you something that is a little uncomfortable, the first thing I have to worry about is you getting angry with me. Because once you get angry with me, the conversation is over. Once a person is angry, there's nobody home to talk to. You could say the most brilliant words. You could say in the most beautiful fashion. It's not going to make a difference. Angry people have no ability to understand anything you say. As an example of that, by the way, we find by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu says that his brother and sister, Aharon and Miriam, they spoke something about him that wasn't so appropriate. They wondered why he left his wife. They spoke things that they said, why did he have to leave his wife? We didn't leave our spouse. Anyway, the creator of the world was not appreciative of their words. So the Pasuk says, I'll read it for you. The Pasuk says, in Sefer Bamidbar, it says, Hashem heard what they said. He tells them, I want to talk to you, Aaron and Miriam, I'd like to speak to you. And he says like this, Vayomer, Shim'una devarai, please listen to my words. Notice the word na. Hashem is telling them, please, please listen to what I have to say. You would think the creators have to ask you, please. He says, Shim'una devarai. And he tells them, why he didn't like what they said. That you can't compare Moshe to you. You're not in the same league. 
Fine. After a few pesukim of what he told them, why they did the wrong thing, look how the pasuk ends, uh, the, 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 the parasha ends. Hashem got upset with them, and he left. That's not the norm. The norm is, you go to speak to somebody who has something to say, they get upset with you, and then they tell you why they're upset with you. Here, it's the opposite. Hashem talks to them, talks to them, talks to them, and then he gets angry and he leaves. That's not the normal way you've seen angry conversations. But you see from here that anger while you're talking to someone is a waste of time. Even if you're talking to Moshe, to Miriam and Aharon. Miriam and Aharon are from the greatest people that ever lived. They're thirsty for God's word. Who is the teacher? God himself. So God is the teacher. You can't get a better teacher. The best students in the world. Miriam and Aharon can't get better students. And yet, if Hashem would talk to them in anger, it doesn't register. Anger to show anger, sometimes appropriate. But after you talk, after you have a please, listen, I want to share with you, I love you, I want to help you. After that, sometimes there's time where you could show anger. Hashem showed anger in the end, not in the beginning. You see that if a person is angry, they can't hear a word that you say. So how do you talk to a person, strong words, and not get them angry? Because if you get your son angry while you talk to him, so then you're wasting your time. If you're talking to your partner and he's angry in the conversation, so you're wasting your time. So how could you talk to them and they don't get angry? That, that needs to be the first order of business, which is, by the way, the first pasuk in this parashat. The first order of business, when you talk to someone, kashot, the first thing you have to think about is, so how do I make sure they don't get angry in this conversation? If you don't take care of that part, so you have nowhere to start. So what's the answer? You know how you, know how you, don't, get, you don't get the guy angry? How do you do it? Well, you told them, you're like Paro. This was the ability of, your, of Yehuda that he will not be angry with him. How does that apply to me? Where is the ki kamocha kefaro in my conversation? I'm having a conversation with my son. What do I tell him? Listen, don't get angry. You're like Paro. It's not going to help you guys. But, but obviously, that's not the answer. What does it mean, kikamocha kefar'o? What was he trying to tell him when he said, don't get angry with me because your life just paro? What does that mean? Comes Rashi, alava shalom. Most beautiful Rashi. So sweet this Rashi is. Says Rashi, the, Rashi gives four explanations what it means, kikamocha kefar'o. Not one, not two, not three. Four. And four are all relevant. Each one gives a different perspective. First one, says Rashi, Hashuv atah be'enai kemelech. He says, you're like Paro. 
in my eyes, you are so important. You're like a king in my eyes. How does this make a person not angry with you? Answer is that anger usually comes when a person feels that you are rejecting them. When you look down at them, when you tell someone, I don't like what you did yesterday, automatically, in their eyes, what's registering? You're a bad guy. I'm better than you. You're not good enough. You're evil. You're cheap. You're... Automatically, when you tell someone harsh things, the first reaction in their mind is that you don't respect me. You don't think I'm a good person. You don't value me. You don't feel I'm a person worthy of honor. And if that happens, they feel rejected by you. Maybe it's not your intention, but that's what happens. Automatically, they feel rejected. When they feel rejected, they get angry. Who's an example of someone who felt rejected and automatically got angry? Who's the first example of that in the Torah? Cain. Cain and Hevel, they both brought sacrifices. Cain actually was the one who thought of it. Hevel only followed it. The Pasuk says that Hashem did not accept Cain's korban and he accepted Hevel. And the Pasuk says that Cain, his face fell. He got rejected. He got rejected and he got very angry. When a person feels that you don't respect him, then he is automatically going to get upset with you and there's no way that you're going to be able to help him. That's what it means, ki kamocha kefar'o. Kamocha kefar'o means, you in my eyes, don't think I'm talking to you because I don't respect you, the opposite. In my eyes, you're like the millet. Now you can't say those words, obviously, but you have to say words that make the person feel that you respect them. You may need 10 minutes of introduction to show the person why you do respect them. Torah says, When you see someone doing wrong, tell them. But Torah says, But don't make it worse. Don't embarrass the guy. Sometimes you tell a guy to do something, instead of coming out better, he comes out worse. How many people, rabbis, parents have tried to give rebuke to their family or to their community only to turn them to become even worse. That's the way he talked to me. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't care about me. He looks down at me. You know how many people walk around thinking that religious people look down at them? They look down at me. Why do they look down at you? Because one day they did something and the guy told them and he should tell them. He should tell them. But he didn't give them he told him, that's what you're doing on Shabbat? Oh, the guy says, oh, you look down at me? I'm done. That's the way you rebuke somebody? Of course we have an obligation to tell people if they're doing wrong. But you got to make the guy feel that you respect them. If you, don't, if, if you don't have that, there's no way to start talking to your own son. If he doesn't feel you respect him, it's over. So much tragedy has taken place in our community and in every community. In so many relationships, so many homes have suffered from this tragedy of caring parents, caring fathers, and caring mothers that would give up their life for their children. Yet, when they spoke, 
they were not careful to close this this hole, they didn't make the person feel that they feel that he's important, and the conversation went sour and very often it can go downhill in a way that's impossible to bring back. So the first thing of the first order that you must have when you give a kasher conversation, when you give a harsh discussion, is you must set the stage of honor. Your wife has to feel that you respect her tremendously. Your son or daughter has to feel that you feel there are hashuv. You must express that some way or another. Otherwise, you can't talk. That's the first thing. Ki kamocha kefar'o. Do not think I come at you out of disrespect. The opposite. I think you're a very important man and I respect you. That's the first Rashi. By the way, we see this by Reuven. Reuven did something wrong in his life. 49 years later, 49 years later, on, by Yaakov's deathbed, he rebukes him. A rabbi saying, 49 years later, imagine your son did something today and then 50 years, you tell him, by the way, remember 50 years ago, I've been holding it in. I wanted to tell you. That was the wrong thing. What are you doing? 50 years? Why are you waiting so long? Comes Rashi and says, because Yaakov was worried that if he says it the wrong way or he takes it the wrong way, the guy might leave him and go to Isaf. What? Reuven, go to Isaf. The great Reuven, go to Isaf, the wicked of wicked, and Reuven, the biggest Sadiq, he might go and join Isaf because his father rebuked him? Answer is, that's the power of feeling rejected. There's no way of knowing where rejected people will end up. There is no line. Yeah, it's not going to be in one day, go to Hisab, but that feeling of being rejected is so, so powerful in the negative way. Slowly but slowly, you never know where the guy ends up. If you've seen a child leave a home or you've seen a child go off the derech, it has to be because they were rejected somehow, some way, and probably rejected by people who cared about them most. It's not that they rejected them. They felt rejected. Yaakov was not rejecting Reuven, but Reuven might feel rejected. That's the problem. It says over there, he says, I'm afraid you're going to feel wronged. Gotta be careful. The critical beginning of every harsh conversation. I respect you. You gotta say it sincerely. Don't just say, you know, I respect you. Don't don't do that. You gotta figure out a way to say it strategically that it comes off real. And if it's not real, then don't say it. If you really tell me I don't care about the guy, I don't think he's important, then don't speak to him. Do not give him harsh rebuke. You're not a re'acha. You're not a friend. Don't waste your time. You got to really respect the guy, first of all. Can't be fake. First, respect him. And even then, you got to work on how to show him that you respect him. But if you really don't respect him, you're wasting your time. Because whatever you say comes out not real. So find a way in your heart to respect the guy. Says Rashi, I love Shalom. There's another explanation of what it means. You're like Par'o. Don't get angry. 
because you like Paro. Says Rashi umid Rasho, sofecha lilkot alav betzara'at, kemoshe laka Paro, al yede ziknati sara, alayla ahad she'ikeva. He tells him, listen, remember Paro, when he took my grandma Sarah? When Paro took my grandmother Sarah, just for one night he kept her by him. One night he took a woman he's not supposed to, and he got hit with leprosy. I'm afraid by taking Binyamin, you're going to get leprosy just like Paro. How does this answer not to get angry with me? You're threatening the guy. You're telling the guy, uh, you're going to get leprosy? That's how he's going to not get angry with you? What, what's the message here? The message is no. When you talk to someone about what they did wrong, when you have that kasher conversation, it has to be very clear, very clear to you first and to him that it's all about you. This is not about me. It's not about what I didn't like. It's not because you didn't do the right thing in my house. That's not, that's about me. I'm not coming to talk to you about me. Why I'm upset that you didn't do that. I'm upset why you ate that. It can't be a conversation about me. That's not effective. A conversation about you doesn't get respected by the person. means I care for you. I'm coming because I'm afraid you're going to get hurt just like Paro got hurt. The same way Paro got hurt, I'm afraid you're going to get hurt. Again, you have to say it the right way. But the conversation has to be pointed all about you. Don't say, I can't believe you didn't listen to me again. I don't, oh, that's not what we do in my house. It's not the way I like things. All those words and similar words are disruptive to the goal of your conversation. Kashot, yes. Harsh words, yes. But it's all about you. I care about you. And I want to show you why I'm telling you. Don't be angry. If a person feels that you respect him and you feel he feels that it's all about him, he's not going to get angry with you. Says Rashi number three. Another explanation. What does it mean? Tell you the end after. Ma paro gozer Just like paro makes decrees and doesn't keep his word, paro is known. He says things. He changes his mind every other day. He's a known guy. He's an erratic guy. Just like paro is gozer. He decrees and doesn't fulfill. Maptia. He gives a haftaha, he gives a promise, ve'eno said doesn't fulfill it. Af atakin. You know what? He's just like Paro. Just like Paro doesn't keep his word, you don't keep your word. Just like Paro is not trustworthy in his decrees, you also not trustworthy. Don't get angry with me. You're just as bad as Paro. How did that sound? How did, how did that, does that make any sense? Come on. 
He tells him. He tells him. When you said, bring Binyamin, your brother, down. Bring him. You know we don't want to bring him. You said, no, no, bring him, bring him. And I will put my eye on him. I'll protect him. That's called putting your eye on him? That's the promise you gave us? That you're going to protect our brother? This is where he ends up? You just like Paron. But oh, he's the same guy. He says something, he doesn't do it. He's just like him. So don't get angry with me. Sounds a little strange, doesn't it? Sounds like he's making him angry. What are, what are you talking about? How could this be the reason that he doesn't get angry with you? Here is one of the most beautiful strategies in life when you're dealing with kashot. And in general, is as much as you can Find an excuse for why the person who did the wrong thing, it's not really his fault. Find a way to make it like, I know you didn't mean it. I know you probably didn't think about it. We do the opposite. The guy says, I didn't mean it. You meant it. <laughs> no, you meant it. And you'll bring out all the history of why you know he meant it. And you'll bring Adim also, bring witnesses to show. Hey, call your wife, come. Didn't he mean it? We, instead of making the guy come out cleaner, we make it worse. We make him even worse than what he did. A person who is hacham, when they see their son or daughter or friend do something wrong, they try to minimize it. I can't ignore what you did, but I can at least figure out a way to make you feel that I don't think you're so bad. I get it. I understand why you did that. It's normal. It's, it, it was a big challenge. I, I understand. You know, you live around all, all day. Who can blame you for acting like this? I don't blame you. You know, you're in the city all day. Look at the kind of people you're around. I get it. Okay. I understand. Give a guy a reason. I know, I know your friend was doing that. I understand. I get it. Of course you didn't want to do it. Of course. Like he said, the rabbi just said, give him a ladder to go down to escape. Instead of making it worse, make, make it better. This is a, a strategy. Even when you're dealing with something bad, but at least make it less bad. Don't make it morbid. Give the guy an out. Tell your son, I know you didn't mean it. I know you're a beautiful kid. I know you didn't mean it. I know it was hard for you. I know your friends. I understand. That's a whole different conversation. Don't be mad at me. I understand why you act like this. You're around Paro. Who can blame you? It's not you. You're a beautiful man. That's number three. So far you got that. Number one is your hashuv. I respect you. Number two, I'm worried about you. It's not about me. And number three, I minimize the wrong that you did. Oh, I saw you driving on Shabbat. Listen, I know it's not you. I know you don't understand. You never learned. I appreciate that. You're such a special person. You do, I know when you know the right thing to do, you always do it. You just don't realize. And I appreciate that. You do so many other good things. 
That's what you have to say. Because that's the truth. Number four. Says Rashi, Davar Ahel. This Rashi is so beautiful, I'm telling you. I just want to, you want to just give a kiss to Rashi. Davar Ahel, another one, says Rashi. Im takniteni. I warn you. If you will upset me, if you don't do what I'm telling you, I will kill you. I'm going to kill you and your master. You're both dead. So don't get angry. <laughs> don't get angry. I'm telling you right now, if you do not listen to what I'm telling you, and you don't follow what I ask of you, you're a dead man. You, not just you. You're both dead. Listen to me. Now, how does that sound like for a conversation? What is, what is that? Don't get angry with you. Don't get angry with me because I'm threatening to kill you. That's not going to make you angry with me. How does that make sense? And this could be the most important one of all. As ridiculous as it might sound when you first hear it. See, that's the way of hachamim. They give you something and sometimes you look and say, what do they say? And then you realize that they're saying something very big. You just have to be wise enough and willing to work hard enough to dig, to understand. Ultimately, ultimately, perhaps the biggest part of this interaction is how real of a person are you? The one that's giving the words. You're telling me about Shabbat? How about you? Are you really this pure person that you do all things the right way? Are you yourself representative of the things that you're telling me about? You're coming to tell me how I spoke to my wife? Really? And you are an awesome husband? You're telling me how I spoke to my daughter and you, how you spoke with your son? Ultimately, when people hear harsh words, the first thing they wonder is not even the words. Is who's this guy? What gives you the license to tell me what you think about what I'm doing? Your son might think that. Your daughter might think that. Your friend might think that. Everybody think that. You're coming to give me things for me. You're helping me. And who are you? If you show, if you display in your life a true commitment to what you're saying, you're not just saying words. You live by these words and you're willing to die by these words. If what I'm about to tell you is something I would give up my life for, that's how important they are to me. It's not something that I just heard about last week. It's not just something I thought about yesterday. It's something that's so critical that I'm willing to give up my life. That's how important this is to me. It's you're willing to give up your life? Really? Then it carries value. You know, going to kill Yosef and to kill Paro is going to be a very dangerous mission. 
to kill the most powerful man in Egypt is going to be a very dangerous mission. Yosef, Yoda says to Yosef, you know how much I believe what I'm saying? I want to tell you how much. I'm willing to go on a mission to kill you and Paro. I'm willing to put my life at risk for what I'm about to tell you. This is real. This is not something I thought about and decided to talk to you about on the Heike on, the, on, on one leg. This is really something very critical to me that I'm willing to give up my life for. A father who's willing to give up his life for Shabbat is a father who can teach their children about Shabbat. If you're willing to give up your life for honesty, you could teach your children for honesty. A person who's willing, I don't mean you have to give up your life, means to die. But if you're willing, if you're not willing yourself to sacrifice for what you're teaching, then your words don't mean that much. You know why you shouldn't get angry with me? Because what I'm telling you about is something real. It's something that I'm willing to give up my life for if that's option. When someone sees that you have such a passion over what you're saying that you're willing to give up for it, then you're a different kind of person. You are heard differently. Don't get angry with me. You're just like Paro. Four explanations. Four instructions to keep in your pocket. When you talk to somebody that you love and you're trying to help, you're hashuv. What's the first one? You're important to me. Second one is, say about you, not about me. Third one, you minimize their bed. And number four, you show your passion for whatever it is you're discussing. And then you won't get me angry at me. Tremendous words of Have a beautiful day.